0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the We the Branches podcast, and thank you for joining me for our first episode of 2022. Um, This year, I really want to focus on really putting in more effort into this podcast Um, if I'm being honest, I really would love to put out more episodes this year, um, and be more consistent, and hopefully that will happen. So please join me in praying for that, um, and join me in praying that, the words that I speak are not my own, they are Jesus's, and that the words will um, get to who needs to hear them, and um, people, the, the podcast will grow and reach more people, and um, more people will be able to hear the truth and love of Jesus. Um, that is my prayer for this podcast for this year. And I pray as well that those of you who have um, been consistently listening, I thank you so much, and I pray that you are encouraged and you continue to be encouraged by these words and these topics. And if you have any suggestions on things that I can do better um, or topics that you think would be good to talk about, let me know you know let me know if the format of this podcast is beneficial and like helpful in you know me talking about different topics and looking at what scripture says or if you would rather read through just scripture and focus on you know books and chapters at a time or if you like this topical type of discussion Honestly, I would love to one day have this podcast be where I have guests on and we talk about, um, different topics that they are more, um, wise in than I am or have more knowledge in, um, and can offer us that insight, um, But yeah, so for today's episode, we are going to talk about gluttony. We're going to continue in this kind of sub-series of Satan's strongest attacks on our culture and the um, American church, and today that's going to be gluttony. Um, I know I mentioned it a little bit in the last episode, so that's why I wanted to cover it today, um, just to kind of, for the ease of flow. Um, so the first thing I want to do is I want to look at the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary definition of gluttony. So there's two different definitions. The first one is excess in eating or drinking, and the second one says greedy or or excessive indulgence. So we're going to cover all of those. (laughs) Um, I have two little Bible passages that I think kind of will be helpful to consider as we go into this topic um, and to look at. The first one is Proverbs 23, verses 20 through 21. It says... Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. And then my second passage that I have is 1 Corinthians 6:19 through 20 that says or do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit within you whom you have from god? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Um, So the first one is from Proverbs where um, there are lots of different similes and metaphors written um, in a way to show how wise men and Christians live and how they prosper, and then, you know, how the wicked will perish. And there's lots of different um, ways that that's said within the Proverbs. And then in this particular 1 Corinthians chapter, Paul is specifically talking to the Corinthians about sexual immorality. But I think that the teaching that our body is a temple and we are to glorify God with it is applicable to this topic as well. And, you know, it's applicable to just living life, Um, but the specific context that this verse is found is in sexual immorality. And whenever we do end up talking about sex, because that's obviously a very strong attack that Satan has on our culture, we will probably be discussing this verse and the entirety of the passage. But for for today, we're going to focus on this um, these two specific verses from 1 Corinthians 6. So first, I want to cover excessive eating. Um, So the first thing I want to say is like the the first Corinthians passage said, our body is a temple, meaning, and it's for God, meaning we need to take care of it. Um, Being physically unhealthy is not taking care of your body. And that doesn't mean that you have to be ready to like run a marathon all the time, or, you know, be able to swim across the ocean at any given moment. You know, it's not that you have to be in this um, amazing, perfect shape all the time. That's not the point. It just means that you don't idolize food um, over God. Um, A great example that I thought of for this is emotional eating. (laughs) I feel like that's something a lot of us do, especially girls. Um, You know, you're upset, you get some chocolate and ice cream and, you know, watch a movie or whatever it might be. But in all reality, if we're turning to something for comfort other than God, it's sinful. And so even though it seems really harmless to just grab our favorite snack or a favorite quote-unquote comfort food when we're feeling down, if we're not turning to God in those moments when we feel down or feel upset or stressed, then ultimately we're idolizing something over Him and it's sinful. So Emotional eating is definitely something that I have struggled with and still have to kind of watch myself on. And it's something that's kind of hard to identify. Um, But I encourage you to think about if you turn to God in your moments of sadness or anger or anxiousness, or if you turn to something else. Specifically, we're talking about food, but it could be anything. Um, It also could be alcohol, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I want to kind of focus on eating for another minute. I think that um, our culture is very much an indulgent culture. And that includes food. And, I mean, if you, if you go to any restaurant, any American restaurant, they're going to give you a plate of food that is probably twice or three times as much food as you should actually be eating for the health of your body. I think that um, America has become... Not only America, though, honestly, any, any country that is well-off. So, America, Europe, um, you know, I don't know a ton about a lot of other countries and their wealth. But any country that is not, like, just impoverished, I feel like struggles with this idea that food is something to be celebrated and something to be indulgent of and that that's okay. But ultimately, we were given food from God to sustain our bodies um, because we have a natural human body that needs physical food to be sustained. Um, and so when you think about food as a way to sustain your body and give you energy to do God's work, it makes you think about food very differently than if you are, if you're thinking about it in the sense of like, this is for me to satisfy me and to make me feel good or to make me feel something or even just, like, to make me happy and fill me up, um, so, that's something to think about. I remember, um, the past several years, I've always heard people talk about fasting, and I'd be like, oh, I don't think I could, like, ever do that, like, I don't think I could fast for more than, like, a day, (laughs) um, and honestly, that's that's really bad. You should be able to, it, like, scientifically, your body can go a very long time without food. You'll need water, but you can go without food. Um, I mean, we see it in the Bible. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Other people fasted for that amount of time or longer. Um... I think Paul fasted, but I remember recently, um, I felt very called to fast one day and just take a day of prayer, and it fell on a day that I had work, and if you don't know, I'm a nurse, so I work 12-hour shifts, and that's just a (laughs) a long time to not eat um, while you're walking around the hospital. And I was like, you know, I i don't know if I will fast the whole day. But I want to fast to a point that I turn to God in prayer more than I normally do. Because I want it to be a day of prayer. And so I... I just, I did, I woke up that morning, and I prayed, and I just kept praying, and anytime I would get hungry, I just prayed, and I want to, I think I drank water, I'm I'm pretty sure I let myself drink water, but I didn't get anything that had any kind of calories, like I didn't have my coffee that morning, or anything like that, it was just water, (laughs) and prayer. And honestly, like, after, well, even the whole time, I, it was very, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be to not focus on being hungry. Um, it was, it was a lot easier to just focus on God and to pray. And it was a lot more enjoyable than I anticipated. And I very much felt the spiritual benefits and blessings of even just fasting for that morning and part of the afternoon. And I saw through the rest of that week the benefits and blessings of that day of prayer. And so it really changed my mind about the the needs of our body in in, um, context of food. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, I couldn't live without food. And they think about it in a way of, like, scientifically your body needs food. But ultimately, like, God will sustain you much longer than you think he will and much longer than you think is possible and it goes to show that we truly should rely on god even for those physical needs because you know if you didn't know about fasting and you'd never heard the stories of people fasting or Jesus fasting and someone came up to you and was like yeah I haven't ate for 40 days you'd be like how in the world are you you know like okay but it goes to show like when you meet people who are fasting for God and fasting to pray they have more energy and more joy and more peace then is understandable. And it's because they're focusing on God and spending so much time in communication with Him. And I think that that just shows how much more important nurturing our relationship with God is than, you know, trying to sustain our physical body and satisfy our hunger. So, I encourage you to pray about that. I'm not necessarily calling you to fast, but, you know, maybe that's something that you think you need to do, even if it's just for part of a day um, or one day. Um, and it it doesn't necessarily have to be like, You don't eat anything. You can fast from certain foods that maybe you indulge in too much, like ice cream or cheese or peanut butter or pasta or bread, you know. Something that you excessively indulge in, you can just fast from that. Or you can do the whole no food fast um and only drink water but um yeah so next let's talk about um drinking excessive drinking so there's a lot of debate between different denominations about whether or not alcohol is sinful. Just the simple act of drinking any alcohol. And, um, we're, <laughs> we're not really, I am I don't know. I don't really necessarily want to discuss whether or not it's right or wrong. But I guess my personal conviction is that the Bible does not say, do not drink, but it does say, don't be a drunkard, aka don't get drunk. Um, so that's my personal belief. If you th- believe something different, then, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is telling you something, go with that, because... I think there's certain situations where the Holy Spirit convicts people differently based on God's plan for their life. So, anyways, for me, it's don't be drunk. And I will say I've definitely struggled with that. And I don't know that struggled is the right word, um, because I wouldn't say that I ever... Felt addicted to alcohol. But. There were several years. In college. Where I definitely drank too much. And I would emotionally turn. To alcohol. Um, Which are. Two. Things. Two separate things that are bad. Um, I definitely. I think a lot of people. People unfortunately go through the college party phase where they drink too much and they do a bunch of things that they shouldn't and it's kind of like expected in our culture that everybody goes through that phase in college which is just honestly terrible um why would why should we expect and put this like almost pressure of people young people to go through such a detrimental lifestyle during such a formative time in their life like that is disgusting in all honesty and part of it is just i think partly because people of that age just want to indulge in certain things, indulge in drinking, and indulge in that party lifestyle. But I feel like it's also somewhat encouraged from outside people, if that makes any sense. Um, but, you know, I especially as a young Christian going into secular colleges, the pressure to join in on those party scenes and that lifestyle is indescribably hard. Like, it's inescapable, that pressure, um, for a lot of people. And it can be very, very hard to say no to those pressures. Um, and I unfortunately said yes to many of those college pressures um, drinking being one of them and you know there was um, a time probably like um, a semester or two where every weekend I was drinking and partying and Looking back, it was probably the most unfulfilling time of my entire life. Um, I made decisions even when I wasn't drunk that were just stupid and that I didn't even understand why I was making. And like, I would like, I don't know, I would say things or just do things that, like, I didn't even know why I was acting like that, and I was sober. And I think, looking back on that, it's because through being, through the excessive drinking, Satan had a hold on part of my life, and so it was much easier for him to seep into other parts of my life and grab hold of those. Um, So I encourage you, if you're younger and listening to this and you're starting to be faced with those pressures of the party lifestyle, I'll tell you and I promise you that any other person who has gone through that and come back to Jesus. They will tell you that that party lifestyle is the most unfulfilling time of your life and it's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. You know, the Bible talks about don't envy the wicked. And it talks about although it looks like they're being blessed. They're not in reality. And that I feel like that's kind of how the party scene is. It looks like everybody's having so much fun and making all these memories. But honestly, all of those people are lonely and depressed and searching to fill a hole that only God can fill. And it truly is, looking back, it was so unfulfilling and the people that i surrounded myself were so empty and dead inside and they didn't even realize it and looking back it's like it's it makes me sad that people are living like that and it makes me sad that you know i had to go through that and obviously I, I personally would not change anything in my life because it's brought me to where I am and it's made me who I am. And God, I know, is going to use my testimony. Um, but it did create unnecessary pain. Um, and it wasn't just excessive drinking and being drunk. It was also emotionally drinking and if I was upset or stressed or mad or anything, any kind of heightened emotion, you'd turn to alcohol. And I think a lot of people do this and they don't realize how bad it is. But you, you again, like with food, if you're turning to anything besides Jesus when you're seeking comfort or joy or peace... You are idolizing that thing, and you're sinning. Um, So you shouldn't find, you know, relaxation in alcohol. You shouldn't find courage in alcohol. You should find those things in Jesus. Proverbs 21 says, Wine is a mocker. Strong drink, a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. So, being led astray means it takes your focus off of Jesus. And for most of us, um, you know, one or, tw- one or two drinks doesn't really do that. But there is a line that each individual must create for themselves and, you know, pray about. For some, that line is Zero zero drinks because they've either struggled with alcoholism in the past or they know, they just know themselves and they know their tendencies and they know that alcohol is not an option for them. For others, it's, you know, one or two drinks. Um, And I, yeah. Um, Another another passage I want to look at for this is Galatians five, nineteen through 21 It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that these those who do not—oh, sorry— that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it says right there, drunkenness. Um, Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, So that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that like, oh, if you've had a past with alcohol, that you have no future in heaven. That's not what that's saying. Um, It's saying that living with, within those sins that are listed and letting the desires of the flesh, aka Satan, letting Satan kind of rule your life and um, giving in to those temptations and desires, it will prevent you from, um, you know, the blessings of heaven. But obviously past sins can be forgiven, and you can be redeemed from anything. So, in regards to just alcohol in general, I would say that you should ask yourself, would I be able to accurately explain and represent the gospel to someone right now? And if the answer is no, then you're drinking too much. You should never be in a mental place where you cannot accurately share and represent Jesus to others and tell the gospel in an accurate, appropriate way. Um, The last little topic for gluttony is greed slash excessive indulgence. Um, Luke 21, 34 says, But watch yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Uh, dissipation, if you are like me and don't know what that means, it means a squandering of money, energy, or resources. <clears throat> so basically, like, you know, squandering your money, energy, and resources. Yeah. <laughs> um,. So there's a couple of different things that I think um, our culture and Christians in our culture are um, faced with as far as um, struggling with excessive indulgence in them. One of those things is social media. Um, You know, I think social media... It can create really good networks and communities and opportunities for people to share the gospel and um, find communities of fellow Christians. But at the same time, we all know that it can be bad. It can create spirits of jealousy and envy and um, sexual temptations. Um... And I think that it can, you know, occupy a lot more of our time than it should. And that's time that we could be spending with God, either reading the Bible or doing a devotion or praying or talking with people about God in person. Um, I think work is another thing. Uh, career. I think we live in a very career-driven Um, culture, especially, you know, 20, 30 years ago, even more so. And I think that the main thing for your work should be, is this career, is this job giving me, well, how more so, how can I use this job as an opportunity to share the gospel and spread the love of Jesus and serve God with my gifts and strengths. And if your job doesn't allow you to do that, then you should get a different job. Um, Hobbies. Hobbies are great. They are a great way to build skill and challenge yourself and have something to work on and enjoy. But I think that they also can, you know, again, take up time that would be better spent serving God, worshiping God, reading the Bible, doing a devotional. Um, I think if your hobby replaces spending time that you could spend with God then you should spend less time on your hobby. Um, for me, I think about snowboarding. My husband and I love snowboarding, and um, we often find ourselves going on Sundays because the that's he doesn't work on the weekends, and so that's usually one of the only days we can go. And while I don't think it's wrong to go on Sundays, I think that we do need to do a better job of um, either making a different day our Sabbath and spending with God or making sure that we still listen to church online or, you know, a church sermon on like um, the, the car radio or something um, and making sure we're still spending time with God. On the that day, um, I think another thing that our culture very much excessively indulges in, and that is celebrated and kind of pushed on everybody, is wealth. And Jesus talks about money, and Paul talks about money. Um, it's mentioned. Many times in the Bible, that the love of money can be a, a very big fault and um, stumbling factor for many people. Um, Matthew nineteen twenty four says, "Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God." Um, that's Jesus speaking. And then in 1 Timothy 6.10, Paul says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Um, I want to close by looking at 1 Corinthians 6.9-11. you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I just want to encourage you that if you have struggled with any of these um, gluttonous temptations and sins, you know, excessive eating, emotional eating, excessive drinking, emotional drinking, you know, excessive indulgence in anything, I want to encourage you. That just because you fall into those sins does not mean you cannot be redeemed. God will forgive you and he will help you fight the temptations of those sins. All you have to do is ask him and give him your heart. And I want to encourage you to, to think about if there are anything, any things in your life that you excessively indulge in. And I encourage you to pray about them and ask God for forgiveness and guidance in pursuing Him above all and not um, idolizing other things and not excessively indulging in things other than Him. Okay, everybody, for my recommendation today, I am going to stick with the physical health and physical, you know, treatment of our bodies and taking care of our bodies and serving God with the way we treat our bodies and what we put into our bodies. How many times can I say bodies? (laughs) Um, So I am recommending my new favorite obsession that is the Oprah stainless steel water bottle my sister got this for me recently for my birthday and i'm absolutely obsessed with it i have not put it down i take it everywhere with me i took it on my trip to go see my husband and it is wonderful It is a 32-ounce, vacuum-insulated, double-walled, leak-proof sports water bottle with straw. Um, The straw, guys, it's amazing. It's like, if you drink out of straws a lot, like I do, I love drinking out of straws. This is a superb straw. It's just so smooth and... (laughs) um, It makes drinking water so much more, like, fun and interesting. And I truly do drink way more water when I drink out of a straw. And so this is perfect. Um, It keeps my water cold. um, And it comes with the straw already connected. And it comes with a replacement straw as well as a straw cleaner, which is just awesome. Um, it comes in many many different colors. I have the Siam pink gradient. There's also solid colored ones like black or white, yellow, pink. Um, there's also other gradient ones. And it honestly, it reminds me of like a Hydro Flask, but it's on Amazon and it's only $17. And it's been amazing. To me, it's worth way more than $17. I think it's a great deal, and I very much recommend it, especially if you need a new workout or work water bottle, or if you just, like, need a water bottle or want something to be able to drink water out of with a straw. <coughs> so, I recommend going and getting in yourself one. I will add a link to... Um, like a story highlight with it. The like recommendations story series. Um, I'll have a link in there as well as with my Instagram post for this episode. So go get your Operd stainless steel water bottle because it's amazing.